Welcome to Apple at Work, the podcast that looks at where Apple intersects with the enterprise. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host as always. And back on the show this week, we have uh, friends of the show, Zach and Mike from Fleet. Um, guys, how's it going? Going great. Good to talk to you again, Bradley. Yeah, really happy to be back on the show. Thanks for having us. Um, you know, I think you, you guys were on the show, what, three or four months ago? You, you know, time... Uh, time gets away from us um how are things been at fleet what's going on with you know what are your um uh what are your customers you know what's been kind of the the response to the you know original release back in april um you know what's what's been the buzz well things have uh things have picked up quite a bit this year and uh we've had now both on the mdm development side and you know also on on the security side of the house um so when it comes to, to Max, the biggest thing that we're uh, excited about right now is script executions. So the ability to like run a run a bash script um, on any of your remote computers. Yeah, we covered this. Uh, I guess it was back uh, a few weeks ago when the, when this shows out. It would have been about a month ago. Um, what problem is? I mean, I, I think the the security thing is you know what you mentioned is is kind of uh, you know, paramount here because this is. Seems to be the theme of the year is security, security, security. Um, the uh, script execution, what problem are the customers having that this aims to solve? Yeah, I mean, th- that comes down to the fact that MDM, as a protocol, only covers a limited set of what you actually want to do as, a, as an IT admin on the devices that you manage. So, of course, we have a lot of configuration profiles that cover... A lot of the good stuff that we want to do, installing certificates, connecting to Wi-Fi networks, creating users, that kind of stuff. But there's always going to be those places where we need those escape hatches to run other commands that aren't directly supported by the MDM protocol. And so that's typically where script execution comes in. So, of course, yeah, people want to use script execution for incident response in a security perspective. Uh, but really, script execution is more of an everyday task for the IT admins who need to get beyond the the basics of MDM to do the full kind of life cycle of device management. Mike, it, I think this is like I'm, I'm going through my thought process here as like Apple becomes more entrenched in the enterprise world. You know, Apple has largely controlled that experience and, and done a good job here. Are are teams and and customers running up into limitations of kind of what Apple allows teams to do with with some of the way they uh, handle device management, some of the commands you can run? You know, are, are are customers running into roadblocks here? I think there's a there's a few that that uh, a lot of our our customers would point out that are kind of long-time sticking points. Um, but I think the, the thing that actually Apple is doing pretty good progress on fixing, but is still at the moment one of the biggest pain points um, for fleet users, at least out there, I think a lot of Mac admins is operating system updates. They're just getting a nice, clean way to actually get people's computers updated uh, on time so you can hit your patch goals. Um, I think that's where you know declarative device management offers some potential there. Uh, that we're sort of progressively enhancing into in the fleet roadmap. 
but I think that, you know, for the next six months or so until folks get upgraded to the versions of Mac, they're going to support DDM fully. Um, a lot of people are still, uh, experiencing that pain and finding ways to work around it. That's actually been one of the things I've heard, uh, you know, I talked to Mac admins, you know, quite a bit. Um, and that's been their number one complaint. I mean, it, the kicker is it's like we obviously have a lot of updates that happen fast, and that's fine. Like, it actually needs to happen. We don't want to need to go six months without updates. But, like, ensuring reliability of those updates has been, I think, has been the challenge. And, like, being able to know for a fact, like, push it, you know, release this update. And like, how soon does this basically get put in and when can that report back and how do I know? And, you know, you've got your compliance goals and and you've got other things you're trying to reach. And this is really just like a tough problem in reality. And we had the folks at Adigy released their watchdog utility earlier in the year trying to help address address this. Um, But you so you believe Apple's making some good progress here and and really can get this solved in the next, you know, in the coming quarters. Yeah, I think it's. I think so. I think that they they have a unique problem and sort of opportunity because they are so tied to the consumer use case. I was talking to somebody last night uh, that was. I think his uh, he had heard somewhere that the Apple Store in Palo Alto does more business the entire um, Apple Enterprise department uh, in terms of revenue, right? Which is that it kind of tells you a lot about what's driving Apple's roadmap, and um, I think that's good for the product, but sometimes pretty limiting for enterprise. Um, and meanwhile, you've got, you know, these, you've got Mac admins and you've got windows admins that really want to kind of be able to do as little duplicate work as possible, be able to kind of blast out these, uh, these scripts that they're used to writing across any, uh, any of their computers, right? It doesn't, you really shouldn't need to develop skills, uh, and in a completely different vendor tool to work with windows versus, uh, Mac computers. So that's kind of the, the other side of it, um, even if, you know, even if Apple fixes this problem, that doesn't mean Microsoft's fixed the problem, right? And I think the cool thing is that Apple has taken a bit out of the playbook of the open source Mac admins community. For example, with the new declarative device management updates, uh, nudging, if you will, seems very inspired by Eric Gomez's nudge open source project, which is something that we've used at Fleet as well to bring this experience to pre-DDM enabled devices and to kind of progressively further nudge and push users towards actually enacting those updates. So I think it's cool that Apple has looked at what the community has done and tried to bring that to the built-in functionality as well. And I think that this is a good sign for what's to come as Apple continues to kind of evolve the capabilities in this space. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for every business size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple MDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. 
To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Well, I think one one of the things I love about Fleet and and love about the route you've taken is is really leaning into the open source world and you know building commercial solutions on top of open source tools. I, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, even outside of the Mac, across Windows, Linux, uh, virtual desktop, and even cloud servers like AWS, you know Google, etc. Um, these new APIs with the script capability, what problems are those customers having? You know, on the, on the AWS side, you know, Azure side, like what problem are we solving there for those customers? So when you have, you know, 10,000 servers, let's say, or more, 100,000 servers, um, a lot of times they're split across different apps, right? And so there's some inherent, uh, inherently different specific uh, work that needs to happen. It's really driven by the development team that kind of owns that section in the classic DevOps way. Um, the the kind of changes that people make on servers with Fleet can be those. I mean, I think that's kind of the next frontier, honestly. But I think most of the time right now, it's it's platform uh, updates. You know, or so if you need to let's let's say that you notice that hey, our FIM rule went off. Uh, it was detecting files changed, and there's just like a random file left behind. Um, sitting in, in a folder, someone SSH onto this host, right? And just like dropped it there. Um, being able to sort of delete that or move that is a simple way to think about just, you know, the tip of the iceberg of what you can do. Um, I'd say in practice, it's usually configuration related or patch related. You know, it sounds so simple when you say that, but like the, you and you said it, it's like 10,000. I mean, like these are not like, I mean, you think about ensuring updates, ensuring these logs are in, in order and like ensuring what's there. When you start thinking about 10,000, you know, computers, 10,000 of anything, that is a lot. You start thinking about various compliance, uh, you know, commitments you have. Uh, these things have to work. Um, so it's been a month since uh, th- these new APIs, the script functionality came out. What's been the feedback from your customers? He gave us some pretty good one actually last night. Zach at the happy hour. I was trying to pull it up the quote, but we'll see if I can find it quickly enough. Yeah, and for script execution in particular, that's actually dropping in the release that went out today, I believe. So uh, we are hearing the feedback from the customers uh, w- imminently. And on the Mac side, you know, we've had uh, we've had the folks um, at one of our early customers kind of like. Um, playing with the uh, how does you know how does this going to look compared to maybe what you're used to from another MDM, right? Because I think mm-hmm. when you're purely on the IT side and you're not so much security SRE, you really focus on just making all this stuff work. And we have this set of we have a set of expectations, right, about kind of what's going to be in an MDM. And I think if you're in a desktop engineering team or client platform team. You're really looking for like, hey, you know, I got to get my extension attributes or the equivalent. So I might need data that's not there. And OS Query really solves a lot of that um, already because you have the, the whole schema. But, you know, the other, the other side of that is all of the remediation, all of the, uh, all of the stuff that you would need to migrate from your existing MDM, right, um, fully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think... Th- how did the question I had, I have to edit this. Okay. I got it. So being built on top of open source, obviously kind of you, what you're doing out there is out there in the public, 
how do how do you determine your roadmap? Are you actively talking with customers? Do you have your roadmap six to eight months out? Like, are you how, how are y'all you know building with what you want to build or what you think you should build versus what your customers are asking for today? Very, we're very customer driven. So we we talk to folks kind of ahead um, and look one to two quarters out in terms of big picture uh, kind of items, right? That we're headed towards stuff like. Uh, you know, for example, um, more functionality around zero trust, device trust. Um, we will put pins kind of in the calendar for, for those items, and we'll also milestone some work for, for customers who are almost there and just need a little bit more customization. Um, and then really it's like we look at, you know, in terms of prioritization, we look at, okay, what's core for fleet? Like, what's special about fleet? It's open, right? It's flexible, it's accessible, it's clear. Um, you know, that means that the audit log needs to be complete, right? So we're always going to prioritize certain features related to that, like the activity feed, um, making the activity feed available over an API, making it so like a major uh, cloud storage company can extract the data from uh, from that API easily and dump it into their log destination where they audit their other log in and log out events, right? So the little things like that matter a lot. So we, we kind of have some frameworks we use to prioritize the features that are important for for the people who really uh, believe in fleet and who are a good fit for fleet, um, which I think that that is uh, that's kind of like that's the everyday prioritization. And if you look at the the next six weeks or so, we really try not to break up any work and start designing it further out than that, um, so that we're always sort of uh, flexible. I think that's the that's the rub when you're building software for the enterprise is is balancing. You know what you want to do, and let you because you, I'm sure obviously companies have roadmaps, but you have to be nimble enough to say like, you know, as you release things, your customers are kind of going to uncover new ways that they want to do things, and it's like balancing like helping drive the product forward, but then also like having your ear to the ground and saying again, what do our customers need to solve their problems, and then you're trying to and again, you're not dealing with just one platform, you get multiple platforms to build around, so it's a uh, not an easy thing. Like that's where. That's why product people get paid so much money because that trying to determine all that is is a challenge. Yeah, and that's something that we hear from our customers that they particularly appreciate how receptive we are to feedback and how much we work with them to ensure that the solutions that we're building align with their needs. And in my eyes, that's something that also just comes back to the kind of the philosophy of open source about being transparent about what we're working on, how we're doing it, when we'll be doing it. And I, I think that the collaborative nature of that between the vendor and the enterprise that's using the software helps to lead to a better outcome in the end. And it's something that's just always been really exciting to me. Uh, as we wrap up, um, I know Lyft is a customer of y'all's, and I thought the quote they had um, about about you all was just fantastic. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that's when you're seeing these you know, companies that have these massive IT infrastructures um, loving your product. Um, you know, I think that's a great I mean, the, the, you know, the quote I'm reading is, um, um, you know, this means you need to find a way to reliably run, run scripts and fix issues and get through your audits. It's like, yeah, that's a one sentence that is a massive problem for these large enterprises. So um, great work, you know, so, you know, solving these problems uh, as well. Um, guys, as we uh, wrap up here, any parting parting thoughts on what's coming in in Q4 and Q1 from Fleet? 
Well, I think that there's uh, just to, to harken back to what we were talking about earlier. I think that there's a lot you can do with these kind of lower level primitives. So with OS query and access to all of the operating system data, Yara, and file integrity, you kind of have all the read access you need. And this is a big moment because you now have all of the write and execute access you need to. Um, so not getting into too many specifics, I'll just say like take a keep a close eye on the repo if you're interested. Um, we actually have a YAML file where we're laying out some of the features coming next, but amongst them is some more work in vulnerabilities and software inventory, um, some better documentation around FIM and file integrity monitoring, and then probably most relevant for a lot of folks here with the crossover with IT as well is. Uh, um, beyond the MDM stuff, just zero trust. So making it easier to have kind of flexible uh, control and, and build like a good UX around uh, blocking access to apps. Awesome. Um, well, guys, thanks for coming on the show. Um, I, I, if you're listening to the show and you're not following the fleet page on uh, LinkedIn, highly recommend it. I think it's one of the best ways to keep up what's going on, where the team is at. I know y'all uh, had some customer events, and uh, you know, even in a fully digital world, uh, I find that going to happy hours, going to these conferences, and chatting with folks is really, really one of the best ways to learn what's new, what's coming, and, and uh, things of that. So, again, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, uh, go follow the team on LinkedIn, and uh, we will talk to everybody next time. Thanks for having us, Bradley. All right. Stop that. Uh